Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... <laughs> Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts. Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional megachurch. And, and not only does he f- but he's the best at it. 
I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all can sing along. You know what I'm saying? Here it goes. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You're the best. Oh, okay, best never mind. I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Do we want a cold open? I mean, I kind of feel like he does it anyway, right? Oh, it doesn't matter what we do. He'll find a way. No, there are yeah. some episodes that don't have a cold open. Maze, what's the process on that? He does it. Like, I don't ask him. I don't, like, tell him this is the cold open. He knows what he's going to use. Wait, but also, how do you don't listen to the podcast? How would you know? <laughs> he listened to one. I listened to one. You listened to one. You can't say this is what he does. Like, you don't listen to them. That's what he does. I actually started to listen to Ballistics X versus Severn. Let wow. me tell you something. Pretty good, pretty good episode. <laughs> so far, we're two for two, boys. <laughs> no, we're like thirty-eight for thirty-eight. Well, I don't know about that one. Uh, the hot rod one was bad. Oh my god, your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. The fuck out. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? (laughs) What story? (laughs) What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. (laughs) Just remember that. You know what the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. <laughs> The podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. Reminder if you have a submission for Cinephobe, 40% or less on Rotten Tomatoes for the critic score or the audience score. Give us something that's 55%, give us something that's 44%. 40% or less. That's what we're looking for. This week on Cinephobe, we watch the 2004 comedy. Along came Polly. I'm laughing because... What, I, yeah, what's happening right now? One of the things I like to do now, one of my new hobbies when we do the show, is I go through the Cinephobe Excel spreadsheet and look at all the different movies and what, what we voted 
who voted for it, et cetera, et cetera. And I just noticed we have a column says genre. I didn't just notice that. Everything from romantic comedy to disaster heist action to erotic thriller, right? I just noticed that Kangaroo Jack 2 does not have a genre. And I won't lie. I, 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 Are you upset? I, no, I'm not because I don't know what genre I would put that. Is that a comedy? I mean, I, I guess. The way I've been doing it is the Wikipedia genre that they put. Oh, and there's no Wikipedia entry for Kangaroo Jack 2? Animated sequel. Oh, you want me to put that fun. in there? No, I kind of like it to be like genreless. Along Came Folly stars Ben Stiller. Jennifer Aniston, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Deborah Messing. Stiller stars as Ruben Pfeffer. He had a monster 2004. Give it to me. He had this movie, Starsky and Hutch. Great movie. Envy. Great movie. Dodgeball. Great movie. Anchorman. Great movie. And Meet the Fockers. Okay, movie. Did a lot of money, though. Did a lot of money. It was wildly successful. That's a, that's all in 2004. He's right in his prime. This is his prime run right here. I know on the Ballistic X vs. Sever podcast, I said that was the inspiration for Cinephobe because I wanted to do a podcast about 0% movies. It's not true, though. It's not true. No. The actual inspiration was Envy. Yes, it was Envy. And I, I, it's weird we haven't done it yet. It is weird. Because it's not free. I'm waiting for it to be free. Oh, okay. There's part of me that likes the fact that we have to rent some of these. I don't like that our listeners have to pay for it. I do like that it, we have to pay for it. I like that pain part of it. I think there was also, I can't remember what movie it was, but there was one movie I've paid like three or four times for it at this point, And it really bothered me. It was a movie that you already owned and you went ahead and, and tried to buy anyway, apparently. Jenny Anderson, Polly Prince in this one. She was coming off of Bruce Almighty and she was wrapping up Friends, one of Amin's favorite TV shows to watch in a hotel and make fun of the entire time. Oh, I get it. It's because she's single. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Sandy Lyle. This was sandwiched between Cold Mountain and Capote. He made this movie, and then he made the movie that he won the Oscar for. That's how you know, man. That's a good friend right there. Mm-hmm. Deborah Messing plays Lisa Kramer. She was a voice in Garfield during this time, and she'd be in The Wedding Date. Did we have a conversation about, I have a strange crush on Deborah Messing, and you guys are very... You guys are very anti Deborah Messing. I just, uh, not a fan. Will and Grace was in its sixth season that wrapped up in 2004, and it only ran for eight before the recent revival. We also get Alec Baldwin, Hank Azaria, Brian Brown, and Kevin Hart in this movie. This movie was very, very heavy on the cameos and the, the features. Along Came Polly was written and directed by John Hamburg. He's written. Meet the Parents, Zoolander, Meet the Fockers, I Love You Man, Little Fockers, and Zoolander 2. And he directed I Love You Man, one of my favorite comedies. Synopsis for Along Came Polly. A buttoned-up newlywed finds his strictly organized life descend into chaos when he falls in love with an old classmate. Okay. (laughs) Tagline. For the most cautious man on earth, life is about to get interesting. Wow, okay. It's really not good. That's not a good tagline. That might be one of the worst we've had. $42 $42 million estimated budget. It grossed $88 million US and $178 million worldwide. Ben Stiller does numbers, man. Numbers. That's a conversation I actually wanted to have with you guys about Ben Stiller. Oh, okay. One of the great comedic straight men of all time. And so I tried to think of who are the other great ones. And this is the list I came up with. Jason Bateman. Yep. Joel McHale. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Simon Pegg. Yes. I would say yes to Pegg and no to McHale. If we're talking about 
putting up numbers. Well, I'm not saying about numbers. Just in terms of skill. This guy does it well. Like the whole, everybody else is a maniac and somehow I'm just. feel like McHale dips into the douche boat category though. He does. He does. He, he can do other things, but I'm saying when he plays that role, he does it excellently. The other name I had was David Spade. I'm not a huge fan of oh. David Spade. Okay, I no, but I can see what you're saying. Yeah, are you doing like Tommy Boy Spade? A lot of his movies, he play like yes, there are Joe, the Joe Dirts of the world. Where he's, he's like just, very sarcastic in most movies. Yeah. The other thing I, I realized making this list, like we don't have many black actors who are the great street men. <laughs> who would be it? <laughs> I can't think of one. I would say Kevin Hart. Are kinda? you out of your fucking mind? He's a cartoon. <laughs> He's a cartoon. But he does play the character where everything is going wrong to him. Uh, I don't know that he's the straight man, though. Who else is there? Like that's, It's funny. I, I literally try to think of all the different comedians. And- Mike Epps? No. Ice Cube? Yeah, is it Ice Cube? <laughs> I think it might be Ice Cube. <laughs> Maybe. Barbershop Friday? Are we there yet? The barbershop character is for sure the straight man. Yeah. Especially in Are We uh, There Yet also. He doesn't do it well. Let me put it that way. Yeah. But yes, you're right. He does play that role a lot. Right. I'd like to add Bill Hader to the list. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ben Stiller, 24 films in which he has a leading actor credit. Wow. And those 24 films have grossed $3.3 billion worldwide. Oh, my God. Plus, he got, like, the Night at the Museum movies going, dude. He is killing it. This movie is available on HBO Go. Long Came Polly on HBO Go. Or? 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 HBO Max. That's right. We've got a new competitor in the arena. I found it. I have it the other day. Long Came Polly. 26% from critics on 161 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. 47% from the audience on over 463,000 ratings. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. You want the positive or the negative? Well, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so give me the positive. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Stella Papa Michael of BBC.com. <laughs> is that Papa <laughs> Michael like Papa John's or like Papa like Big Papa? P A P A Michael. Papa Michael. <laughs> Stella Papa Michael. It's a consistently amusing tale thanks largely to the eminently watchable cast. You know what? That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Elias Savada of Nitrate Online. Along Came Polly is an engaging trifle, flatulently overwritten, yet filled with enough eccentric characters and comic timing to make it worth the risk. Mike McGranahan of Isle Seat. Along Came Polly is not the sharpest movie ever made about a mismatched couple, but it made me laugh consistently. Okay. Linda- I, again, I, I, I don't know if these are positive reviews. <laughs> Linda Cook of Quad City Times, Davenport, Iowa. Yes, it resorts to body function humor, but it's still clever and funny. I have a comment on that we'll, we'll get to later. Okay. Michael O'Sullivan of Washington Post. I dot 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 laugh myself sick. Okay. Eric D. Snyder of ericdsnyder.com. The movie has a breezy, negligible feeling to it. It earns quite a few solid laughs, and while it's not worthy of tremendous success, it warrants a look. And then, Emily Blunt of Blunt Review. No, not that Emily Blunt. This film is for diehard Stellarians, to be sure. If you're not a card-holding member of the Ben Stiller Legion of Fans, you'll probably hate it. I don't like that degradation. We're Stellarians, right? I guess I am, yeah. Stellarian sounds like a, a, a like an alien race. 
in uh, Battlefield Earth. The Stellarians are attacking. Yeah, we're 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 card carrying members of. I probably lost my card because I've had it for so long. But negative reviews. Will Self of the London Evening Standard. All I wanted out of this film was a scant ninety minutes reprieve from the delure of a wet February in London, and all I got was a sense of irritation and torpor. Shut up. Shut up. Maybe don't live in fucking London. Yeah, man. Yeah. You can't complain about the douleur. Nell Minot of Common Sense Media. Talented actors in dumb film with gross sex humor. What's the gross sex humor? Uh, we'll get to that. Again, I have... I have. All right. <laughs> All right. Mark Halverson of Sacramento News and Review. The humor of this romantic comedy is sometimes laugh-out-loud funny, but too often dips into the toilet tank for sprinkles of relief when the love story veers from inspired to moronic. Jesus Christ. Okay. Christopher Smith of Bangor <laughs> Daily News in Maine. The Bangor, Maine. Between them, young love and bacteria bloom. Between us, bacteria consumes the movie. Okay, no. Just no. <laughs> Vanessa Sebald of ZapToIt.com. Ben Stiller's either a member of Dysfunctions Are Us or else he's making a plea to be the next Woody Allen, but even Allen himself couldn't save a long game poly. I feel like this one didn't age well. <laughs> Ken Eisner of Georgia Strait. The fact is, no matter how much oomph the actors put into their roles, it's hard to buy anyone's attraction to anyone else here. Stiller's a good looking guy. What? Jen Anderson's yeah. good looking. Hank Azaria's yeah, is. good looking. Who's not uh, trying to fuck Hank Azaria? <laughs> yeah, I'd fuck Hank Azaria. What? Are you kidding me? Lubin. <laughs> he's got a great body. He's funny. He's got a good face. His a character in this face. movie has a massive hog. A good face is, is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> description of something. You got a good face. I'd fuck you. Marianne Johansson of Flick Philosopher. Is there any better definition of a whore? Than what Stiller has done to himself. How can he possibly be creatively satisfied with this? <laughs> what? That's so mean. What? The weirdest fucking one I found on this. Mark Ramsey of moviejuice.com. Those nuts have pee on them, warns Ben. If I wanted to avoid nuts covered with pee, I never would have married Brad Pitt, replies Jennifer. Flat out doesn't happen in the movie. My dog's upset by it. Yeah. I don't understand. That was the strangest selection of reviews I think we've ever had. Yeah, yeah I concur. Is Brad Pitt a, a pisser? Is he into pee fetishes? I don't know if that was like a topical joke that that person was making. I mean, what's your first note? My first note was Ben Stiller, greatest straight man ever. Oh, ah, and then you looked it up. Well, I started you to made a list. A list. Yeah. yeah, I made a list. Yeah. Feels like we're forgetting somebody. I, I do too. Ooh, what about this? What about this? Is there a way that Eddie Murphy qualifies for straight man? Yeah, I thought about that. In the same way as Joel McHale, in that he's played the straight man before and played it very well, but is often overshadowed by some of his more cartoonish roles. Right. So I feel like in the 80s, we had a lot of straight man. Yes. Eddie Murphy. And then as he went into like, all right, I'm just making kids movies to make money. It got cartoonish. I don't think Norbit was a kid's movie. It's not? What about Steve Martin? Steve Martin, absolutely. He, nah, not nah, well. No, Steve Martin, absolutely. Planes, trains, he's the straight man. Parenthood, he's the straight man. I immediately thought of The Jerk, though, where he's super cartoonish. Well, see, here's the thing. Ben Stiller 
in dodgeball yes. yeah that's true that's a good point he has that other side and that's the heavyweights Ooh, character vince vaughn oh vince vaughn yeah that's it but he's not the straight man though how many people by now have tweeted us from that first part of the podcast saying vince vaughn greatest straight man that's gonna be annoying to get no i, I don't think so i don't think so what he's the wild card he's a wild card in swingers he's a wild card in old school oh i guess he's a straight man in dodgeball no i'd say he's the straight man in old school yeah he's a straight man in old school no Bitch ass, Wils- the Wilson brothers are the ones who held the token straight man belt. Yeah. And it was, they yeah. aren't that good at it. Luke is. Uh, Owen isn't. Luke is good, though. What about Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah, straight man? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, great call. Seth Rogen? No. Opening credits shows we're at a wedding. Ben Stiller is practicing his wedding vows as he walks into the venue. Philip Seymour Hoffman walks in and slips immediately on the floor. We find out he's the best man. And that Ruben analyzes risk for a living as making sure this wedding and reception are as safe as possible. Sandy Lyle, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, has the cake maker funnel frosting into his mouth and he gets recognized as the kid from Crocodile Tears. That bagpipe scene was the funniest shit. I like that he offers him an autograph. The guy's like, oh, I'm good. Thought you died 15 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Sandy now says he does a lot of stage acting, has an E! True Hollywood story being made about him. Sandy is asking Ruben if he really wants to get married. Is he sure? There's no doubt in Ruben's mind. Next thing we know, Mazel Tov. They're celebrating. We get a picture and wedding montage. Sandy is absolutely killing it during Havana Gila during the montage. Oh, my God. Killing it on the dance floor. Stan, who's played by Alec Baldwin, is Ruben's boss, giving a toast. Ruben, Lisa, let me just say that I would ensure your marriage any day of the week. Mazel, you two. Good things. Oh, and Lisa, don't tire him out too bad on the honeymoon. I need this kid fresh when he gets back. <laughs> mazel, mazel. Good things. Ruben gives a touching speech. That's I love this speech because there's a part where he, he mentions how, how him and Lisa met. <laughs> he says, it's so awkward. He says, well, you know, like, she's she's a realtor and she's cute, so he said... You know, I decided to kind of like look at a place just so I could talk to her and I ended up getting it. And she says, I gave him a good price. She chimes in and he says, not good enough. She's a killer. Ah. And then like the big la- punch to the gut. <laughs> I laugh so hard, man. <laughs> it's so painful and awkward. I was always under the impression. I saw this movie a long time ago and forgot most of it. And then even rewatching it, I was always under the impression that it was a Farrelly Brothers movie. And it wasn't until rewatching it now, I thought to myself, this is very tame for a Farrelly Brothers movie. Mm. It's like they wanted to kind of hit a PG-13 rating. But I was like, when are they ever PG-13? And that's when I looked it up. I was like, oh, my God, it's not a Farrelly Brothers movie. There were a bunch of negative reviews that touched on that, like, oh, want to be Farrelly Brothers and everything like that. It definitely had all the beats of it. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of similarities between this and Heartbreak Kid. It's a bizarro Heartbreak Kid. Now we're off to the islands. For the honeymoon. St. Bart's is the spot. Yeah. Uh, As they walk into the honeymoon suite, a lizard falls from the ceiling and he drops her. Now they're on the beach together going over places to buy in a newspaper. She's got a bruise from the drop on her inner thigh somehow. Yeah, that didn't make much sense. Yeah, man. That's what they tell the cops. Oh. I fell here. Fell officer. They go over the perfect place that they virtually toured, but it was too pricey. We find out that Ruben bought it for her. A surprise. I really hate when she calls him Ruby. Ruby. I don't like that nickname. I don't mind that. For Ruben. What about if it's on a Tuesday? Why? 
Like, why? You said it with such pride in your voice. Ruby Tuesday is a restaurant. Right? It's a restaurant? Is it a bar? It's a restaurant. Is it like Fuddruckers? What's the difference between a Ruby Tuesday and a Fuddruckers? Fuddruckers only sells beer. I don't know if I've ever been to either. Really? I don't think I have. Well, I mean, they're both going out of business, I think, so you might as well hurry up now. Sorry, Tillman Fertitta. It's on me. <laughs> She's shocked because he doesn't do things like that. He doesn't take risks like that. And now we get Claude, played by Hank Azaria, walks up to them naked on the beach. Sickest flow on the island, man. Hi, hello. <laughs> oh, how's it going? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, going great. Thank you. So I see you gang are new to the island. I want to come have a meet with you. I uh, show you my boat. That is my boat there on the sandbar. It's very uh, big. Yeah, it's pretty good size. It's good size. So tell me true, are you guys for scuba? What does that mean? I'm like the unofficial scuba king of Saint-Barth, so if you are for scuba, I take you out on the boat, I'll show you the coral reef, and we have kind of like a, like a scuba party. You know, that sounds great, uh, but we're, we're not certified, so we're going to have to pass. That is no biggie. I get to resort certified, a couple of hours. Oh, I have always wanted to try it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good. My name is Claude. What is uh, you guys' name? Uh, my name is Ruben. This is my wife, Lisa. Ruben, I am here uh, all afternoon. All right, au revoir, Luban. Lisa, solid. And it says, "Are you guys for scuba? <laughs> are you for scuba? What are you? What do you? I don't understand what that. <laughs> you know what's weird is is when he says it. Obviously, it's a question, but the the inflection at the end is so odd. You are for scuba. <laughs> <laughs> they allude to him having a big boat, such a big boat that Deborah's eye starts twitching as she's looking at it. She is fucking hypnotized by the D. Yeah, dignitized. Dignitized. Yeah. What happens when they're hypnotized by the dick? They're dignitized. Hypnotized? Dick nuts tized. Now you sounded very happy with that. <laughs> they're going to get certified and try it. She's always wanted to, but last minute, Ruben decides to skip the scuba diving. He's worried his stomach will get upset. So he called eight hotels to confirm Claude's legitimacy. We've got Shaggy on the soundtrack, which is perfect. Yes. And I have to give it up to Hank Azaria. He adds... As his, like, closer, I mean, we've got Alec Baldwin's closer, the good things, good things. And then Hank Azaria likes to end his sentences with solid, which is a very French thing to do. Yes. Yes, it is. So I give him props for that. He did his research. I love how Ben Stiller is is confused by all of this. Yes, solid, yes. (laughs) He's confused by the slang. He's confused by the four scuba. And when Claude picks up Lisa... So she can get on the boat like, and picks her up like he's carrying her over their wedding day. Right. Threshold, right. Ben still has this fake laugh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't do it justice. It is the laugh of a man who is clearly uncomfortable with what's happening, but doesn't want to let on that he's uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I trust my wife. Ruben, look to me in my eyeball. Luben. Look to me in my eyeball. In my eyeball. <laughs> Lubin. Lubin. Ruben, uh, Ruben, Ruben, runs some errands for them, setting up a romantic night. He walks back to the boat with champagne to pick her up. He goes on the boat trying to find them, and Claude is banging Lisa. He's cocking her. Yeah, he is cocking yes. her. Ooh la la! Ooh la la! <laughs> she's, she, 
she's confused, doesn't know what's going on, but she's going to stay with Claude for a couple of weeks. Claude says it was love at first sight. Lumen. She makes like fire in my trousers. He's like the story of the hippo. I'm not familiar with that story. The hippopotamus, he is not one going uh, cool bean. I am a hippo. No way, Jose. So he tried to paint a stripe on himself to be like the, uh, the zebra, but he fooled no one. And then he tried to put this spot on his skin to be like the leopard. But everyone knows he is a hippo. So, at certain point, he uh, looked himself in the mirror and he just said, Hey, I am a hippopotamus and there is nothing I can do about it. And as soon as he accepts this, he lives life happy. Happy as a hippo. You understand? Is he tries to tell Ruben the look on Ruben's face. I'm not familiar with that story. And he says it <laughs> like someone was legitimately like, I I want you to explain this yeah, to me. Yeah, maybe this will clear things up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't respect Ben Stiller's face oh, man. during the hippo story. <laughs> Honestly, I was having flashbacks to the Heartbreak Kid where I was just hoping that, that Rob Corddry could, could be cut in. Just react in the background. What? <laughs> All right, Ruben attacks him and gets subdued pretty easily. Now he's leaving the island, tells her not to come back. And then backs the car down the beach accidentally. So now Claude has to give Ruben a ride to the airport on his scooter. The whole time Claude is just sitting on a Vespa in his banana hammock. He's got like a CD player and some headphones. <laughs> I gotta say that Claude is a pretty stand-up guy, by the way. Like, yeah, for someone that'll bang your newlywed wife. But no hard feelings. No though. hard feelings. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Other than the, the one hard feeling. Oh. oh. Now we're back in New York City at home. Wedding presents are everywhere in the apartment. There are 13 pillows and a teddy bear on the bed. That's why you get the big bucks, Zach, because you count the pillows. I did count them. Counted them right up. How many pillows do you guys have? I have zero throw pillows. I'll tell you that. Yeah, zero throw (laughs) pillows. I have four pillows. Yeah, I have have four pillows as well. Do you make your bed every day? Uh, During the quarantine, I have. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing during the quarantine for sure. Do you guys use top sheets, flat sheets? Uh, Yes, I use flat sheets because... It gets hot in, you know, like here in the summertime in Arizona. And, you know, I don't want to crank the AC down to 65 or whatever. So a lot of times I'll just use the flat sheet as my cover. Comforter will be kind of like towards the foot of the bed in case I get chilly at night. Yeah, I'm with that. I go obviously fitted sheet, top sheet, duvet cover around the comforter. Yes, duvet cover. Yes, because that's what I launder. Maze, what about you? Can't do those flat sheets, man. Can't wow, do Wow, really? They're so comfortable in the summer, though. Yeah, man. My mom used to tuck me in real good as a kid, and every night I would kick everything off because I burn hot like a furnace. Oh, same, but yeah, I like I go one leg out all the time. But the comforter's hotter than than a flat sheet. Honestly, don't know, man. It's been so long since I've had a flat sheet. Like. All right, <laughs> try one. Go nuts. He's back at work. Ruben is back at work, and it's quiet Lubin. and yeah, <laughs> awkward. My name is not Lubin. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows what happened. There's a gift basket for him with popcorn, jelly beans, when bad things happen to good people, and dating for dummies. Also, a, one of those cat hang-in-there posters. Apparently, Ruben's, Ruben's mother told Alec Baldwin what happened. Now he wants to talk, and so they go into the bathroom, and he says, I knew that girl was a slut the second I met her. <laughs> After saying he would ensure the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Don't make excuses. She's a dime store hooker, and she always will be. Baldwin wants him to assess this billionaire, Van Lu, who is basically a Richard Branson type. Baldwin is touching Ruben's shoulders and ear before he slaps on the ass while Ben Stiller is still peeing at the urinal. Modem, scrotum, God only knows what they do, companies. Need more time off with that whore wife of yours? Good things. (laughs) 
checks out his new home and the security guard says sorry about your wife now sandy comes to his apartment to console him and the camera crew is with him it's judah freelander and kevin hart do you want to recognize those guys they also know about his wife sandy wants him to go to a party he pauses (laughs) i fucking love this scene he pauses the wedding video that ben stiller's watching and he's like analyzing he's breaking down film of the look on her face during ruben's speech i'm a student of acting ruben liar oh i love i just love philip seymour hoffman in this movie he breaks down the tape so good dude it's it's gold his pausing skills are stellar phenomenal Yeah. yeah oscar worthy now they're at the art opening party Going up in an elevator full of people. <laughs> Sandy says in an elevator full of people, the art sucks, but he used to sell him some really good pot. Then says, oh, oh, man, I'm so friggin' horny. This movie starts really well. Oh, man, it's, yeah, it's it's out the gates. Polly is a caterer there, and she recognizes Ruben when he knocks over some art. They apparently went to middle school or junior high together. Sandy walks over, and she recognizes him, too, and that's when Cheryl Hines comes over. As Polly's boss, and Sandy tells Ruben that he sharted. Right when they get in there, Sandy assures Ruben that he'll be right by his side the whole time and then immediately disappears, and the Black Eyed Peas are playing. Have you ever sharted in public? He invented this word, right? I think sharted was around. No, it was around. He popularized it? Is this the popularization? It was already popular, so maybe a repopularization like 5,000 miles or whatever it was. You can't even remember the name of the song. That's how you know that it wasn't popularized before. It was popular twice, you would have absolutely known its name. I didn't know the name of it since then. Whatever. Since White Chicks. We just did this. Okay, whatever. I mean, you want you want to deny the undeniable, but okay. But no, but have you ever sharted in public? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've definitely sharted before. In public? Yeah. Like, not at home? Yeah, I think I did it at a state fair in my 20s. <laughs> Maze, have you ever sharted in public? I've shit my pants. What? <laughs> Wait, how? Well, well, I mean, I mean, I feel like that's pretty obvious. Is that he shit while wearing pants? What were were the? What do you mean? (laughs) What were the circumstances? I was in high school, and I believe it was after a basketball practice, and I got in the car and. We did not get to a bathroom before I had to go. Wait a second. How long (laughs) were you trying to get to a bathroom? Like 15 minutes. Why didn't you shit at practice? I don't remember. Did you have to go during practice? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. Do you realize, like, what poor planning that is after practice? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You knew when it was coming. Like, here it comes. I'm about to (laughs) shit my pants. Yeah, what is that? There was an awareness, right? There was a level of cognizance of what's happening. To I didn't you, shit right? my pants since I was a kid, but I do remember like the last time I shit my pants. But I what happened? But you've shart. Both of you said. Did you wait? Amin didn't go. First of all, Zach, you said you sharted. I've never sharted. <sighs> Hold on, but we gotta know. We gotta know the moment that you end up shitting your pants. Was there cognizance? It does have to be kind of like a. Well, here we go. <laughs> Tried. You know, I didn't actually write down in my diary about that day. (laughs) How do you not remember? You shit your pants. I remember like where I was. I remember being in the car. I remember like basketball related activities. Did it get all over the car? No, got in my fucking pants. (laughs) 
<laughs> can see. It can see. I didn't say I shit the car. Were I said you wearing, I shit my pants. Were you wearing shorts or were you wearing pants? I believe I had put on pants after practice. <laughs> All right. So you had to take a shit. You took your shorts off. Instead of going no, to take a shit, Jesus you put pants Christ, on Zach. that you then shit into? No, Zach. That sounds exactly like what happened. Yeah. That's your journalistic integrity coming through right there. I'm fascinated because I want to know if it was noticed by anyone around you. It had to have been. It was noticed by my mom who was driving me around when I shit my pants. I mean. Wait, what did she say? Well, how did, how did her? I was telling her that I had to shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then you said, "Uh uh-oh, baby, make boom, boom. Like what happened? How did she? So, all right, question. What? Yeah, so you said about 15 minutes, right? I think I had to shit for 15 minutes, yes. Okay. So, you've shit yourself now. You're in the car. <laughs> you've shit Jesus yourself. Christ. You guys still go try to find a bathroom, or you just go home to take care of it? I think I just went home, dude. It was done. How much longer did <laughs> it take to get done. home? He dropped everything. <laughs> he He emptied his butt. <laughs> so, how much longer... Of a car ride with you just sitting in your own shit. <laughs> and your mom just shitting on you. <laughs> Was she upset? Jesus Christ, Anthony. <laughs> Again? Yeah, she she gave me the belt immediately. <laughs> oh, ew. <laughs> Do you still have the pants? I didn't know it was a brown belt. <laughs> It wasn't. Sandy notices the lower back tattoo on her back and they leave. <laughs> Might as well be a bullseye. Now they're shooting hoops. Sandy keeps screaming, let it rain. Oh, oh man. my God. Smash cut to this scene, dude. Uh, let it rain. So I did a lot of thinking last night. There's something I'm pretty excited about. What's up? Nice. Let it rain. Well, I feel like I might be ready to move on. You know, get my life back on track. So, I'm going to ask Polly Prince on a date. Oh, that's a mistake. She's not right for you, dude. Rain dance! Hey, you guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. You douchebags bring your A-game? What was that? (laughs) I'm just messing with you, Sasquatch. Let's get it on. Take it roll! Take it roll! Outlet! Outlet! Rain dance! How funny is it that this is the most recognizable scene from this movie? It's one of the most recognizable basketball scenes from any movie, isn't it? Or is this a two America situation? Oh, no. I mean, I definitely, like, I remember when it came out, me and my, my buddies were all, like, laughing about it. Which now I kind of find it's a little too over the top. But at the time, I was like, yeah, like it's so terrible. You know, yeah. you know I was like, fully, like, yeah, I was white, fully there for. People be shooting, shooting hoops. Yeah, like, yeah. But like that, that scene, that's the scene when I think along came Polly. I think of that scene. I love that Sandy is just screaming basketball terms, but he's not doing any of them. Yeah. He's like pick and roll. <laughs> Ruben wants to know why Sandy doesn't think that he and Polly should date. He mentions the back tattoo. 
opponents have the shirts off. His back is sweaty and hairy. He backs down the Ruben easily because he doesn't want to touch the guy. Finally, we get the slow-mo of his sweaty torso running all over Ruben's face. Ruben asks Sandy for the switch, and Sandy says, I'd rather not, dude. I just figured out how to cover this man yeah. right here. <laughs> that clip right there, that part of the clip is the reason why I thought this was a Fairly Brothers movie. The slow-mo of the skin wiping against him and, and like, the droplets of sweat coming off of his face that clearly did not come from his face now he's home getting the number for Polly prince he calls and hangs up it's the way he gets it kosher i'm not jewish i feel like this is the equivalent of finding someone by instagram. instagram yeah yeah that's a good call she star 69's him and uh his message machine picks up so he throws it against the wall so she knows it's him now he's stalking her the next day outside her place. He sees her pick up food that kosher? she dropped on the sidewalk. <laughs> this is not kosher. Now he pretends that he's happened upon her. Amin, I know you love his line with the fake phone call here. What a move. <laughs> As he walks up, yeah. And then, oh, Polly? <laughs> I gotta call you back. Flip phone closed. Uh, she asked if he called last night. He says no, but the answering machine thing is something that he's gotten from a few people. Then distracts her immediately by asking if she's been shopping. <laughs> That's a great lie. It's a great. He's so great at lying in these movies. And his voice always goes up an octave. Yeah, it always goes up. Hey, uh, have you been shopping? She spent $200 on a Swedish loofah. He asked if she wants to go to dinner, and she's not sure. Needs to check her schedule. She can't say the word analyst when he gives her his card. An analyst. He's at work and has opened the Risk Master software for Leland Van Loo. Leland is in the hospital currently with great white shark wounds, we find out. Polly calls and he picks up. She's free tomorrow night. He asks if he should pick a restaurant. She says she has to check her schedule to see if she's free. She's not sure, and we'll talk to him later. She's very flaky, very flighty. Earlier we found out that Sandy was part of a remake of Jesus Christ Superstar, and now we're at the rehearsal. Community theater. The Hell's Kitchen Community Center, baby. <laughs> and Sandy is stealing another cast member's song. <laughs> That's Masi Oka, who is from Heroes. Yes. I love this exchange. Sandy, I'm playing Jesus. That's my song. He says, I know that's your song, but I felt something. I decided to go with it. And he says, but you're playing Judas. <laughs> Judas. He says, yeah. correct. Judas. All right, here's the deal. I'm the star of the show. And by the way, Crocodile Tears, the movie that he starred in that everyone recognizes him from, is like a Breakfast Club ripoff. Yes. And all the stock characters in Breakfast Club, except Sandy plays... A character with bagpipes. <laughs> Sandy tells Ruby he's surrounded by a bunch of amateurs. He's <laughs> at the point of community theater. <laughs> he can't believe Polly picked the restaurant for their date. Says that Ruben's IBS will be bad if she chose an ethnic restaurant. Now he's given hooking up tips. Says to give the girl a little spanking when they're making out for the first time. This is the pizza scene. This is iconic. So Ruben is blotting the grease from his pizza. Sandy's, you know, he's dosing it with the pepper flakes and the parm. And he says, what are you doing? He drips Ruben's grease onto his slice. Then at one point, he squeezes it, kind of like a wet towel. Yeah, I doubt it'll get this far, but she turns out to be easier than I thought. There's something you need to know. I'm not a virgin, Sandy. No, not technically, but times have changed since you were last single. Now, listen. When I'm making out with a girl for the first time, I like to give her a little spanking. What? Nothing violent. You just tap her real light right on the cushion and say, Hey, I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. Listen to me. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Listen, don't be shy. It's this little tap. It's like saying, I'm your daddy. I'm not going to tap her. Brings him right back to childhood. 
Trust me. The putty in your hands after that. I gotta tell you, I'm really excited about this. I mean, oh, really? I feel like this could be one of those defining moments of my life or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I actually think it's not gonna work out, but I'm pulling for your root. Says the place didn't sound ethnic. Says it's called Al Hafez. It's Moroccan. She says she moved a lot, and now they're reminiscing about her time as part of the Model UN. He is sweating profusely from this spicy food. I mean, it's a real deluge. Moroccan food isn't that spicy. Sure. Like, there are spicy dishes, but overall, it's not, like, spicy where... We're not talking about, like, Thai chilies and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it was Ethiopian food, I was okay. Like, almost everything in Ethiopian food is, is spicy. Yes. Like you have to go out of your way to get the non-spicy version. But but Moroccan food isn't quite like that. But I was like, all right, I'll go with it. Do you consider harissa spicy? It's got some kick to it. Okay, interesting. Because I think, yeah, I think a lot of of our brethren would say it's a spicy thing. But Which I think actually the first time I tried it, I was like, oh, that's spicy. And now it's just like regular. I, I've adjusted to it. I'm not a fan, to be honest with you. All right, she can't believe he's not married. He doesn't explain to her that he is married. It just hasn't happened yet. And he's fighting that, that IBS real bad. He tries to go to the men's room, but can't take a shit because the guy in the stall says he's going to be there all night. <laughs> I wanted to know who who was that voice, man. Have you ever had to take a shit on a date? Yes. You have? You know what? Actually, this is, oh, man. We're just, Jesus Christ, this episode, man. This might be too much information, though, because I was going to tell a real inappropriate story. Tell it. No, tell it. That's what this pod is for. Yeah, it's not, it's not really. It's not inappropriate. Go ahead. Embarrassing for her either, so. It's just me. Yeah, go ahead. So the first time Aaron and I had sex was the morning after a night out. And I will admit I was terrible because the entire time I had to take a shit so bad. <laughs> and I was at her place. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, you know, things start get going or whatever. And I, the entire time, like, I'm just like, it was, it wasn't just I had to take, like, it was, I was in so much physical pain in my stomach oh no like it was like a real like angel on the shoulder devil on the shoulder just knockout fest like it was it was it was not a memorable thing i'm a student of acting reuben <laughs> did you get up and like leave shortly there like all right bye see you or did you go in her house it took a while before i would shit in her place i don't actually don't think i did it until the pandemic got that pandemic <laughs> that's how she knew it that's how she knew you were real. Yeah, exactly. I, so, like, I think I was around for like another hour or two after that. I went, Jesus, and then I went home and took care of business. But man, did it was, you shit your pants on the way home? Did not shit my pants. Uh, alas, but it's only a ten minute drive. <laughs> Five more minutes, and it would have been a wrap. Uh, Maze, have you ever had to take a shit during a date? No, and this just makes me think of my roommate in college who. <laughs> would viciously compress his farts anytime he was on a date and then come home and fart for like a minute and a half. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Man, this is not the podcast I thought it was going to be, but I feel like I have the ability to make them one silent, but two not noticeable from a smell standpoint. I've had no problems getting farts off in public, period. Yeah. No problems. Occasionally it'll hit you, but like, for the most part, I would say like I'm a 9 out of 10 I suffer from a lose-lose dichotomy. I can fart and hit, not smell like anything, but it's going to be loud as hell. Oh, <laughs> so you got to you got to choose. <laughs> I can make it silent where no one will notice, this no one will hear a thing, but, it's gonna but it is going to smell <laughs> terrible. Yeah. 
You know who's going to love this podcast is all the people who reviewed along Game Polly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Toilet humor. He walks her back. She asks him up for coffee or tea. He is about to shit himself as she's searching for her keys. Her place is a mess, and he thinks that he sees a rat, but it's her blind ferret. Rodolfo? Cute. He needs to use the bathroom, and it's right next to the kitchen. The ferret sneaks in the bathroom while he's taking a shit. And he's trying to shit quietly, so he turns on the shower. Bathrooms that don't have a ceiling fan. Or a ceiling fan, exhaust fan. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah, it's terrible. And it's not for shitting, actually. It's for peeing, because I just think the sound of a long, deep pee is very offensive. No one oh, wants to hear that. Okay. So you throw the fan on, it's all you hear, the whoosh, you know, like, and then you hear the flush. It turns out she's out of toilet paper. He's going to use a hand towel, but it won't flush. He tries to flush the hand towel, and he's praying, and it's overflowing. Did you catch the hesitation when he looked at the ferret and then ferret, shook it off? Yes. yes. That's Because the, they zoomed on the ferret, and I thought to myself, another moment where I thought, this is a Fairly Brothers <laughs> moment. Fairly Brothers, he would have wiped his ass with he the ferret. He would have, 100%. Ferret escapes. He's using the $200 loofah to plunge. I'll adopt a Somalian kid, or I'll work in Calcutta, or I'll just, <laughs> please just make the water go down. He's standing on the edge of the, of the tub with his pants around his ankles, plunging that uh, that hand towel with her $200 loofah um, that we find out as he's walking out. Her grandmother embroidered that towel. <laughs> a real awkward goodbye, and he takes the loofah with him. I thought that was a great touch. Yeah. <laughs> now he's going to LA to meet Van Lu. A dismayed Sandy takes a call during rehearsal, tells the chorus to keep it down. And he's, he says, Tell her you're tired and shag ass out of there. <laughs> All right, Leland and Ruben are going up a service elevator. He says he takes chances, but the calculated risks. And now they're on the roof for Van Lu to do a base jump. As he's about to jump, Polly calls Ruben. She wants to start over and forget about the Lufa thing. Leland then base jumps and lands in a tree. And he may have uh, broken his coccyx. Me coccyx! <laughs> Shout out to Brian Brown from Cocktail. I don't really think I've seen him in anything else, but... Was he in those FX movies? FX? FX? FX. I don't know if you're going for some sort of affect with your voice there, mate. No, I wasn't. Oh, Grills in the Mist! He's in Grills in the Mist. That's what it is. Not a good movie. <laughs> Now they're back in New York, and they're on a second date at an Indian restaurant. He got her a new loofah. They run into his parents, and his mom makes them all sit together, explains that she ran into Lisa's mother and she's doing well, and mom explains that that's Ruben's wife. She left him for another man on their honeymoon. Mom with the ultimate cog block. There's also some extreme racism. She's snapping and hissing at the waiter and calls him a nice Native American man. Right. He's explaining to her that it was two weeks ago. She says, are you okay? He's like, well, it was a pretty good shock. <laughs> a great Back home, Polly left another message for him. She invites him to a spot uh, for some fun and to wear comfortable shoes. Would you guys go on a date like that, sight unseen? Meet me here at 9 p.m., wear comfortable shoes. I'm going to assume immediately there's dancing involved. Yeah, I guess I would. I wouldn't. Um, I think I would be more confused about, like, what else to wear right <laughs> like just give me some clue that's what i'm saying as i've grown older i've learned like yo this is what i'm wearing i'm wearing jeans and i'm wearing a t-shirt and if it's chilly out i'll wear like a bomber jacket yeah and that's it shout to h&m yeah exactly <laughs> total cost 39 dollars uh, uh yeah and, and beyond that like look you can tell me 
everyone's wearing a tuxedo here. I'm like, cool, I'm wearing this. Yeah, I think I would be fine with it. Like, Maze, are you good with that? The whole thing about Polly is that she's super erratic, right? Right. Obviously, if she looks like Jennifer Aniston, I would go. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's an erratic chick that I'm not super into, I probably would require a few more details. It's the Latin Quarter. It's a secret salsa dance club. And he's not good at it. Some guy walks up. It's a guy named Javi. He's a great dancer. He wants to dance with Polly, and it's very sexual. Obviously, gives Ruben flashbacks to Claude. Solid. As they're, like, really, like, all over each other. He's, like, just caressing Polly. We pan, and Ruben is standing right there. (laughs) Right next to him. He walks up, says he's going to take off. He's not into the whole dirty dancing thing. Says he's not into these kind of clubs. She wants. She's like, what do you you mean dirty (laughs) She wants to know what kind of guy he is and wants some honesty because he hasn't exactly been honest with her. He says he hates spicy food because of his IBS. She doesn't know what IBS is. He starts naming things that could happen to him based on assessing risk for a living. And he manages to ri- avoid risk and avoid danger by having a plan. And she doesn't have a plan. He says he likes her but doesn't think it's going to work out. No, I do it. I do it a little differently. She brings him back to her place. Says that she has to pee and turns on the shower before saying, just kidding. <laughs> That's a playful little flirtation. That is, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed him doing push-ups while she was in yeah, the Yeah, he's just trying to figure out. He's like, and he's Have you ever done push-ups to artificially pump up, or actually temporarily pump up your body in, before an encounter? 100%. Like, <laughs> like often enough. Where I would say, like, it was like, oh, yeah, I did that once. Like, yeah, I've done that a bunch of times. While she's in the bathroom or before you go out that night? Oh, no, no, no. While she's in the bathroom. Before the night, like, I don't, that's not, that's not going to hold. I just needed to hold for the next 10 minutes. Maze? Uh, no. I will pop a button, though. <laughs> oh, Yo, you'll pop a button? He popped two. Well, that, but he reconsidered, though. Yeah, that's true. He did. Came back home. <laughs> you pop a button and you also pop your butt, apparently. Because <laughs> <laughs> you shake yourself. Right in your pants. Well, you know what? Honestly, it's an improvement, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The ferret's watching them go at it. He gives her a little spank, and she says, ow, and wants to know if he just did that. And he starts lying. He does oh, I had a crick in my wrist. I got it out. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking, and we get his inner monologue. He's about to come and says he needs to last at least five minutes here. He's counting down in his head. They're not just fucking. They're fucking to the theme song to the greatest local commercial in television history, Eastern Motors. Chevy Beamers and minivans Over 600 cars, trucks, SUVs Are you listening, man? Let Eastern Motors put you in a car today Let Eastern Motors finance it I'm all convinced. the way this is, So Eastern Motors is this car dealership In the greater D.C. Maryland area their commercials, other than using that very signature song, which I don't know whose actual song it is, known for having an abundance of celebrity endorsers in the commercial. Talking about Clinton Portis, Brendan Haywood, Alex Ovechkin, John Witherspoon, 
Ray Lewis. Like these guys, and by the way, all at the height of these guys' playing career, not like they're retired now. It was unbelievable. The whole series, and their slogan was, your job's your credit. That's it. At Eastern Motors, your job's your credit. That's that's the whole slogan. But they made a whole goddamn jingle out of it. And so imagine my delight as I'm watching <laughs> Along Came Polly, and he's having sex, and the Eastern Motors song comes on. <laughs> he's counting down in his head to get to five minutes. He gets to 50, and that's when he comes and he yells, 50! And she goes, 50! Yeah! yeah 50! Woo! And then we get more basketball with Sandy. He says he might marry her after one night. He says, yeah, did you spank her? I tried, but I don't think she liked it. Yeah, some women find it offensive. <laughs> and Ruben's face when he says that. Folly's working a party, talking to another waitress, and they're talking about Ruben, about the whole 50 thing. Now at his place, he's explaining putting throw pillows in a cabinet. And she's questioning why they're there for decoration. He says that Lisa thought they looked nice. So she goes and brings a knife out and cuts open a pillow to liberate him. And he says, it's not like driving a knife into a pillow is going to make me. And he does it. He goes, wow, that feels really good. That's goose down. Now they're murdering pillows. And feathers are everywhere. Eight minutes of his day he spends on pillows. Yo, who has throw pillows, man? Honestly. man. Why do people have throw pillows? Yeah, I guess decoration. But, like, if people aren't coming through your place, like, who cares? Even if people are, who cares? He got her a key finder and wants to watch her go salsa dancing. She didn't lose her keys. They're just not where she left them before. Right. Uh, Javi is all over her. And Ruben is taking shots to deal with it. They run into each other in the bathroom. And Ruben says he doesn't like Javi dancing with her. And that's when Javi lets him know he's gay and his boyfriend Hector plays keyboard in the house band. I'm not going to let some big shot salsa king sweep in with your mambo moves and Eric Estrada look and try to take her away. I felt racist. Eric Estrada. But he does a little, the little hand finger thing, yeah. which is a future callback. Ruben then asks him for salsa lessons and we get a salsa lesson montage. We also get Ruben reading the children's book that Polly has done. <laughs> Says it's very graphic. Jason Pear Paul. There is... A boy with a nub for an arm. That's the title of it. The boy with a nub for an arm. The moral is be careful of fireworks and the drawing for it. The kid's <laughs> hand is blown off. It's on the ground and the dog is smiling at him. <laughs> We're back to the salsa montage. He's getting better. He's also getting into it. She delivers food to his work and he's explaining his program for risk assessment. She asks if he wants more bulgogi and he says yeah he actually likes it cut to him puking in the bathroom <laughs> he and leland are going to play some racquetball leland is crazy he's chaotic ruben's terrified leland wants him to sail together in nantucket at the end of the month to get to know him on the rue shooter on the rue shooter yeah she wants to it's do the death race sailing competition as well strangely violent name for for a ship he's amazed that she'll commit to this so far in advance and that's when she's about to eat mixed nuts at the bar he says nobody should do that it's a hot zone i mean will you eat mixed nuts at a bar no but i don't like mixed nuts anyway like i have time to time like on a flight sometimes in first class they give you the mixed nuts before the drinks come out so I, I might partake there but like when you go to a bar and it's just sitting there first of all not too many bars do that anymore i feel like it's a very old school bar move to have a bowl of mixed nuts and yeah i don't i don't partake yeah i won't i won't do that at maze i'll do bar popcorn when i was at a bar in texas they put out chili which was wild but it oh. was delicious what 
like they'll bring it to you at the bar or it's just sitting there it was like an instapot but like i saw them put it out okay okay i'm i'm beginning to understand why may shat himself <laughs> jesus fucking christ bar popcorn is different because it's in the popcorn machine and you go and you get your bowl and you take it out it's not like everybody's I mean, I guess everybody's using their hands or whatever to get it out. But Maze, as you were trying to hold that shit in and it finally came out, did you yell 50? Yelled 15. <laughs> All right, he's going over why the bar nuts get people sick from the bathroom and she still eats them. He can't believe it. They go to the salsa club. She says he doesn't have to do this. And he says, I'll give it one last try. And then he's cartoonishly dancing with her, but he's working the crowd. He's killing it. Javi approves. Polly's salsa dancing outfits get progressively hotter as we go. She's amazed at the effort. Everybody applauds. They go back to his place. And lo and behold, Lisa's back and she's on the couch. Did you guys catch Ben Stiller doing Blue Steel during the salsa montage? No. I missed that. And I would say that he's dancing his oh, ass off. Really? know if he was dancing his ass yeah you know what you're right he was dancing his ass off he wasn't that good he's no hobby no he wasn't that good but he was dancing his ass off right he's dancing his ass off she's back asks who polly is he says his girlfriend and polly says no not really yeah (laughs) awkwardness is off the charts polly leaves says that he needs to handle that lisa then explains she was happy with claude for a few weeks but he only talked about scuba diving (laughs) scuba Turns out that dick hypnotization does wear off, folks. Yes. It does. Dignitization. Dignitized. Dick nuts tied. This is just insane, by the way. Like, come on, Lisa. Well, I mean, it kinda she kinda gets back in for a bit, right? Spoiler alert. <laughs> he said he's moved on. She wants to spend the rest of their lives together and won't hurt him again. She loves him. He thinks she should stay with her parents because he has to be out in a week to move into the house they bought. She wants to move into their house. He says no doesn't know what to say right now and she leaves holly says to let him know if they want get back together and he says no that they don't then stan says he's going to barbados for the weekend with his mistress good things <laughs> van lou thinks out of when he's back lisa dropped off a gift for reuben a frame listing of their first date thumbs down terrible gift have you gotten a gift that you're just like what the fuck all the time all the time <laughs> all the time have i told this before i got a, co- a dvd copy of mr 3000 the Bernie Mac movie? No. <laughs> who gave you that? A girlfriend I had a long time ago who was cra- like legitimately crazy, I found out. She's like, I have a gift for you. And I'm like, all right, cool. And she, and she gives it to me and I unwrapped it. And it's Mr. 3000. And I swear to God, I had never talked about that movie. I had never like thought, oh, I want to <laughs> see that. I ne- There was never a sentiment of, fuck, I cannot wait for Mr. 3000. Like, I had no. never mentioned it with my friends, with her anybody this is my favorite part of that that because as you're unwrapping i'm thinking you know because everyone always has this moment of like excitement like oh man this shit is really happening like i'm getting this gift and then you open it and you see what it is and your first inclination is always to look up at the person (laughs) who gave me the gift and i just thought like as you're looking up your brain is thinking Okay, there's going to be like some great joke behind this. And then you look at her face and realize there's just... It was the like, most earnest gift she'd ever given. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, are you sure it's not because you didn't shout 3,000 when you know, came one time? Attaboy. I shouted three. The gift that I got, I got a, a gift that was in a Tiffany box. And I was like, holy shit. 
<laughs> and it turned out it was a pen. And I was like, <laughs> mark my words, the worst gift you could ever give me is a pen. Like a writing pen? Yeah, let's just like a pen. Like a Bic? No, no, not not like a Bic pen. Like it was bought at Tiffany. Okay. But it's a pen. <laughs> so then you're responsible for the ink at some point. It's a pen. You still have it? I think so, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. It's a pen. <laughs> it's a pen. Face. You have a bad gift. Secret Santa, this last year. From my coworker, who's a bit off, all right? He gave me a non-alcoholic Asahi. What's the point? A $15 AMC gift card and a joint. Okay. <laughs> all right, you got a joint out of it. And a $15 AMC card is at least a ticket. He's talking to Sandy. He's going over Polly's risk and reward in his program. Sandy is lounging on this enormous sloped ottoman chair thing, and he's got a hole in the crotch of his yellow shorts. He's doing these, like, Leg stretches, just unbelievable performance. Polly has a 48.32% risk factor. Lisa has a 67.09. Polly's a safe bet. Sandy says he's looking thin and wonders if his health is okay. He says, yeah, Polly's been making me eat ethnic food, so I've been throwing up a lot lately. She's been making me eat a lot of ethnic foods, so I've been throwing up a lot lately. Great line. Polly will join him in Nantucket for the weekend. They're sailing with Van Lu. And Ruben asks if those are storm clouds up ahead. Leland says they might get a light dusting. And, of course, it's a monster storm. He's in the bathroom, doesn't have his sea legs, rocking all about. She ends up accidentally touching his laptop. And the risk assessment comes up as he's practicing his speech about them getting more serious and moving in together. Ferret is in her toiletry kit. And she asks what the risk assessment is. She's offended. Uh, she says they're a fling and don't have a future. She's freaked out about the idea of moving in together. You're on the non-plan plan! Wants to know what the hell happened to her, and she's been living her life. He explains that his mom made him afraid of everything, and she says her dad had a whole second family on Long Island. And now it all makes sense of why she won't commit. She says she has no interest in getting married and moving to the suburbs. Says to get back together with Lisa. And they row back to shore because Van Lu, his boat is destroyed. He's packing up the apartment. He wants to talk to Polly. Leland is a 91% risk rating, and it says he's uninsurable. That's when Lisa calls him. Now we're at the premiere of Jesus Christ Superstar. Javi's there. Says, did you see Sandy's headshot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's got a four-part headshot. He's got a ski outfit. He's doing the duck face. There's the Hamlet part. He's holding a skull with a crown on. Then there's a very serious doctor photo with a stethoscope. He's got his chin <laughs> on his fist. And then there's kind of a doofy, like, smug, normal-ish photo. Because he can't hold Sandy down. Javi says that Polly was really upset. Ruben says she won't answer his call. And he's thinking of dropping by. And Javi says she's leaving town in two hours. And that's when Lisa shows up to the show. And for the show, Sandy announces he's playing both Jesus and Judas. <laughs> and he fights with the guy playing Jesus. Sandy says he won't put his rep on the line, and that's when Ruben's dad steps in, says Sandy thinks he's better than everybody because of that one movie. Says the ride is the only thing that matters. Enjoy the ride and don't worry about the past or the future, and that's really resonating with Ruben. I don't think I've ever heard you speak before, Mr. Pepper. <laughs> that's the first time that the father speaks in the in the whole movie. Tells Lisa they're not getting back together. She asks why. He said, you screwed a scuba diving instructor on our honeymoon. Calls her a cold-hearted bitch and that he'd have to be an idiot. Throw pillows suck! Sandy says don't ever take his advice again. 
he doesn't even know he's making his own doc. I know. I'm such a loser. Sandy is going to be Ruben's proxy at the big work meeting. Stan can't believe it, and Ruben is running after Polly. Sandy dramatically clears his throat in the meeting about, like, 15 times. (laughs) (laughs) Says the blood pressure is solid, decent weight, looks healthy, is sexually active in the community. As you know, this is a highly complex case. Let's not bullcrap each other. On paper, Van Loo is one of the riskiest sons of bitches alive. But people, we cannot sum up a man's life with a bunch of numbers on a computer screen. We all need to look into our hearts and go, do I think this dude is going to die in a few years or not? Is old Leland here going to fight off a man with the last name Reaper? First name, who goes by the last name Reaper? First name Grim? Or will this base jumping crocodile wrestling shark diving volcano losing bear fighting snake wrangling motocross racing bastard and the answer is no friends which is why myself Reuben Pfeffer Stan and all of us here at Enderby and Friends are willing to lay our asses on the line and proudly recommend that Leland Van Loo receive $50 million in life and health and automobile insurance for a duration of no less than 20 years. What do you think, guys? Are you that kid from Crocodile Tears? You're goddamn right I am. I thought so. Impressive presentation. He's insured. Yeah! Congratulations. Hey, this scene is so great because he goes to the long rigmarole of like, basically, he does like a dramatic reenactment of what would happen in in this kind of insurance meeting. And after this long kind of speech and he says everything, the guy, uh, one of the guys in the boardroom looks at him and says, are you the kid from Crocodile Tears? <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn right I am. <laughs> this is the first time ever that we have a character in a movie acting his ass off. Yeah, that's a good call. All right, Ruben's trying to run down Polly's cab, but he can't. But turns out she forgot the ferret in the door. Ruben has the ferret and the key finder is beeping, which is attached to the ferret. Polly's there. She says he's too late. She runs the ferret into a garbage can. Prove he's not a safe guy. He buys nuts off the street, makes them dirtier, and eats them. Says he's gone through all the discomfort. Drops them on the floor. Drops them on the floor. He's rubbing it into the sidewalk. He's grinding it into the sidewalk. Says he's gone through all the discomfort with her because he's in love with her. Eats the nuts off the sidewalk. They're going to go to dinner, and she's picking the place. And now, guys, we're back in St. Bart's. Oh, my stars and stripes. Lumen! <laughs> Lumen. Oh, that's, that was really good. That was really good. Claude is there wearing, uh, what is that, a sarong or something? What has he got on there? Some kind of blanket around his, his, his crotch. At least he's not naked. Says Lisa broke his heart. It has been a little bit tough noogies for me. <laughs> Ruben says to be like the hippo. We find out they're not on a honeymoon. They're just hanging out. But marriage is possible. Ruben thanks him for everything. And then Ruben is walking around naked on the beach. And they're playing in the yes. ocean. 
Roll credits. Yes. There is a whole lot of nothing trivia-wise for this movie. Basically, Jennifer Anderson was shooting Friends, Bruce Almighty, and along came Polly at the same time. She said she worked on this movie because she wanted to work with Ben Stiller and Dan Salsa. And Ben Stiller, Hank Azaria, and Alec Baldwin all appeared on Friends. Whoop-de-doo. Right. There you go. We got a Tony Medley. Along came Polly. <laughs> Tony? <laughs> Tony Medley! Tony <laughs> Let's see if Tony is, is like the hippo. Along came Polly suffers from one of the worst trailers I've ever seen, which makes the film look imbecilic. But it's not. What? Except for a, except for a few unfortunate <laughs> scenes, one of which is in the trailer. It's a funny, engaging romantic comedy. For one thing, it's got Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, there it is. If you ask me to name the three best actresses in Hollywood, <laughs> she'd be one. Yeah. What? <laughs> Ruben Pfeffer, played by Ben Stiller, is a risk assessor whose life is based on minimizing risk. After four years of courtship, he marries the woman of his dreams, Lisa Kramer, played by Jennifer Messing. On the first night of their honeymoon, he catches her cheating on him, and he goes home devastated. He meets Polly Prince, played by Aniston, an old middle school classmate, a free spirit who's the direct opposite, and they begin a courtship. Much to the dismay of Ruben's best friend, fledgling actor Sandy Lyle Philip Seymour Hoffman who offers constant advice except for a few scenes writer-director John Hamburg has given us a wonderful picture one scene takes place on an outdoor basketball court where Ruben has his opponent's sweaty body rub all over his face I've played pickup basketball for years and nothing like this ever came close to occurring only in the movies the other scenes are in bathrooms I doubt if I'm alone and not liking to see men urinating even if it is from behind and defecating. <laughs> what? Hamburg seems to scatological scenes, but he should grow up. These scenes have no raison d'etre and detract from a very good movie. Hamburg is too talented to try to rely on the shock value of toilet humor. The only other part of this movie that I felt was below par was the role played by Alec Baldwin as Ruben's boss, Stan Indersky. Baldwin, who is usually professional, apparently is reprising his role in The Cooler, as a D's, dem and does kind of basically illiterate thug boss. It's a caricature, not funny, and demeans Baldwin's talent. Don't be put off by the fact that most of this review is critical. That's my job. With those exceptions, I enjoyed Along Came Polly throughout. It's funny and entertaining. I mean, what do you think he gave it? I was going to say 7 out of 10, but that last ending bit makes me think that he really enjoyed it, so I'm going to go 9 out of 10? Real close. Eight out of ten. Right oh, in the middle. Yeah. Oh, man. You're on the right path, though. I just wanted to ask, like, because he says, oh, that's never happened to me. Have you ever played Shirts and Skins with someone who was just completely gross and sweaty? Oh, 100%. I don't, like, I haven't been hit in the face by it, but I've definitely had to guard the yeah, guy. Yeah, you touch the guy, and you're like, okay, come on. What are we doing? Oh, and it's so cold and yeah. clammy. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just sad that we're out of tony medley's pickup days because that's the way we would find him zach is on the courts i bet he hates street ball <laughs> he just wants people to play the right way i bet doug mcdervin is his favorite player right now <laughs> i bet he wouldn't have a problem playing with you and Mays though golden dumpster nominees ben stiller jennifer anderson philip seymour hoffman hank azaria alec baldwin rodolfo the ferret javi the latin lover i am stuck between Hank Azarias, the whole scene in the beginning with the, the story of Zippo. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that story. Like I laughed the hardest at that and 
are you the kid from Crocodile Tears? You goddamn right I am. Like, those are the two funniest scenes to me. I'm going to go, just because I can't hear the name Ruben anymore without thinking Lubin, I'm going to go with the story of the hippo as my golden dove story. I'm torn because when Alec Baldwin says, I knew that girl was a slut the second I met her, <laughs> that kills me. This was always something my friends and I said, we would say, but you're playing Judas. Like, that was a big part of our, <laughs> our lexicon. <laughs> Jesus. No, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's the exchange. Yeah, did you spank her? I tried, but I don't think she liked it. Yeah, someone would find it offensive. And, and then the face on Ruben. <laughs> I fucking loved it. That's my golden dumpster. It's a dead heat between Hank Azaria and Philip Seymour Hoffman. They're both iconic when they come on screen. I'm going Philip Seymour Hoffman. One... He's got more volume in the movie, too. He never, ever gets to be this funny. And he is so fucking funny. So it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was so fucking funny. I think he's he's not funny anymore. Yeah. His work will live forever. I mean. Time to fober file, gentlemen. I mean. Hey, man. I don't I don't think you have to ask me twice. We are Stellarians, so this was a, a strong file for me. I like this movie. I enjoy it. I would watch it again. Nice. Short and sweet. It's absolutely a file. I don't understand any of the negative commentary on the reviews. Even Tony Medley, who gave it an 8 out of 10, kind of shit all over it. <laughs> don't really understand what's going on there. It was like you in a car. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.